Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hi, this is Mark Homer. Welcome to Mark My Words. Well, hello, Mark Homer here. I'm going to talk to you about what's happening in the economy currently, how growth's going, and specifically what's happening with inflation and interest rates. I know as investors, we're all really interested in what, what's going to be happening to interest rates, both in the medium and the long term. We're also taking out new finance deals, new mortgages on properties. Um, so it's important to understand um, what rates and, and, and what sort of time periods are going to be best for, for taking fixed rate mortgages out or, or perhaps, you know, is it, is it better to take a, a variable rate mortgage? So clearly the UK economy has completely recovered from the financial crisis. It's probably taken 10 years to do that. Um, the banks aren't lending normally, their balance sheets are recapitalised. Um, and we're, we're pretty much operating in a normal lending environment. The world economy is growing strongly. Clearly, there are some headwinds for us in terms of Brexit, um, although we're still hanging on to the coattails of the world economy. The world is trading strongly. Um, China's still growing strongly, 6 7%. Um, the US is doing very, very well. Interest rates in the US are rising much more strongly than in the UK. Um, and even the emerging markets are doing very well at the moment. Brexit has created a dampener on the UK economy. Um, it's created a lot of uncertainty, clearly in terms of trade, um, in terms of our relationship with the European Union, nothing has changed as yet. And what is likely to happen to the prospects for UK companies trading with the rest of the world and also trading domestically what's likely to happen after we come out of the EU and what that transition looks like between now and us exiting the EU, if it actually happens, what that period is likely to look like in terms of uh, growth, in terms of economic activity and in terms of inflation. Because of that, consumers are probably spending a little bit less. And even more important than that, companies are investing a lot, lot less. In fact, the investment levels at which our economy is experiencing currently are still much reduced than the pre-07 financial crisis period. We're still in a period where investment is, is much, much lower. And there are quite a few consequences that stem from that that I'm going to go into in a little bit more detail shortly. So economic growth is about one and three quarters percent. Lots of other economies within the G7 would be growing at 3% plus. Um, China's obviously growing much, much more than that. But the economy is not performing badly at all. Inflation is running above target currently. The inflation target is 2%. So the, the Monetary Policy Committee, uh, that group of people that get together at the Bank of England, have a remit to keep inflation around the 2% level. And what they try and do is, is bring it back to that level within a specified time period. Um, and what they're looking to do is to get it down to 2% uh, within the three-year time horizon. Um, and in order to do that, 
they will increase or reduce interest rates, which is the cost of interest that we pay to borrow money to banks and, and receive on our savings. Now, the reason they increase or, or decrease interest rates is to speed up or slow down the economy and to stoke, to, to increase or, or hopefully reduce the rate of inflation. Generally speaking, as interest rates come down, inflationary pressures should increase. So you, you create more inflation as you reduce interest rates. And if inflation is starting to build and you want to control it and pull it back, generally speaking, you increase interest rates to reduce investment and reduce the heat or reduce the speed in the economy. So we're in an interest rate increase cycle at the moment. Now the market believes that interest rates are likely to increase three times, so three quarters of a percent, um, to 1.25 percent by 2020. So that's a, an increase of, of three quarters of a percent um, over the next three years. The, the governor and the Bank of England's expectation is slightly lower than that. I think they're, they're expecting um, a 1% base rate within the next three years. So that gives you an indication of the rate of increases um, of interest rates that they are expecting. Um, they're, they're always at pains to say that interest rates are going to rise gradually and to a limited extent. And the reason why they are, are giving that, um, I wouldn't say prediction, because these things can change rapidly um, as, uh, as the economic situation or the economic backdrop changes. But the, the reason that the bank is giving that indication or, or, or sort of forward guidance is because the rate of investment in our economy is much, much lower than it was 10 years ago. So pre-financial pre crisis, the rate of investment was probably about double what it is today. Now, that has several consequences. Um, one of the big consequences is that productivity is much, much lower. So the economic output from each worker within the UK is much lower than it was pre-financial crisis. There's a lot less investment. Um, lots of people got their fingers burnt. Um, I suspect Brexit hasn't helped. It can take many decades of building confidence to, to get investment back to a, a strong level. And that's probably the main reason why interest rates are not back to historical norms. Since 1694, the average interest rate has been around 5%. Indeed, the average Bank of England base rate pre-financial crisis for you know, the, the 20, 30, 40 years prior to that, average rates were around 5% for that period as well. And you used to see you know, every quarter rates would get moved and, and, and within a quarter or within... Um, definitely six months, you could easily see half a percent base rate you know, increase or, or decrease as um, things move forward. The backdrop has changed significantly. Although the economy is strengthening and investment is returning and productivity has started to grow, we are still a way off uh, where we were in 07 in, in terms of that, that investment. And therefore, interest rates are still um, half a percent and, uh, and, and are, whilst are likely to increase, they're clearly not going back to, to 5% anytime soon, according to current market expectations uh, and the Governor of the Bank of England's forward guidance. That said, there is now very little slack in, in companies um, in, in the UK economy. And whilst the speed limit of the economy is about 50% of what it was back in 07, the economy is growing 
and is improving. Another interesting point which I've picked up on, which is quite different for the way the newspapers and the media is reporting um, consumer spending and, and the growth currently and, and its source, where it's coming from, versus what the Bank of England is saying. Um, I've noticed, certainly over the last year, that um, a lot of the media has been reporting that growth is being fueled by consumer debt. Um, people are borrowing money to, to, to pay for goods and services, or consumers are borrowing money to pay for you know, their, their, their goods and services. Um, actually, the, the bank doesn't agree with that. Uh, they think that spending is being driven by incomes, so people are earning money uh, and they are spending that um, money in the economy. Um, actually, only about 2% of that spending is, is being driven by debt. Um, so I think that's an important point to, to put across um, because there's a, certainly a common thinking uh, among many people that uh, consumers are getting themselves into more and more debt and that is what is fueling the, uh, the, the, the growth and the speed of the economy. But I just don't think that's the case. 60% of mortgages are now fixed rate. Um, so, you know, when somebody goes into uh, specifically a residential mortgage, about 60% of those are taking out um, medium to long-term fixed rate mortgages, you'll notice you can still get a five-year fix around 2% or maybe slightly lower. Uh, you can get 10-year fixed rates for 25 to 3%, so they're still very low. Uh, I think it's a great time to get those long-term fixes, um, certainly on residential properties. Um, for investment properties and, and for buy-to-let, maybe the costs are a little bit more. Um, but at, at current rates, it does seem like a, a good deal. So I hope that market update um, has been useful. That should give you an idea of where interest rates are going, which is clearly very, very important when working out what mortgages you're going to be taking out and you know what sort of mortgage you should renew onto. But in addition to that, it's very important to understand what the economy is doing, A, when making purchase decisions. So if you're looking to go and sort of purchase new properties, um, what's going to be happening to the capital values of those properties? And that's probably backed off a bit. The increases um, haven't taken place in the last year like they they were doing in, in the prior two or three years. Um, but even more important is where rents are likely to go. Clearly, the rental income on your portfolio is one of, if not the most important factor um, when deciding what properties to buy, when to buy, when to time all your purchases. Um, if the economy is doing well as it is currently and interest rates are, are, are relatively low, and critically, incomes are increasing, rents are likely to continue to increase as long as the supply side is, is relatively constrained. Uh, and I think it is. I don't think the government is gonna be putting a load of money in to, to build a whole stack of houses anytime soon. Yes, buildings in, in increased, and I think we, we, we got 160,000 completions last year, but we're still below the target to meet, to meet equilibrium and therefore, um, rental levels are, are likely to continue to increase. Certainly where we are in Peterborough, lots of other areas of the Midlands, and I understand a good chunk of London now, um, rents are increasing quite strongly. Um, we've seen rents here on a small th three-bed council house over the last sort of 18 months go from 550 up to about 700. Um, so that's quite a significant increase considering the, the 10 years before that, they went from about 450 to 550. Uh, I think what's driving that clearly is incomes, clearly a lack of supply. Uh, and I think one of the biggest drivers in that lack of supply is 
the fact that lots of certainly smaller, perhaps more accidental style landlords have been put off by government tax changes. So I had a meeting at the council last week. They're looking for over 200 properties to, to house some of their more vulnerable tenants. Um, and um, I, I said to them, why have you got such a big demand? And, and one of the reasons that they cited was, A, stamp duty increasing uh, on properties which buy-to-let landlords purchase. Uh, and the big one is the, the, the mortgage interest relief um, being, being removed um, gradually over the over the next sort of three years. So the headlines have, have clearly been quite negative. Lots of smaller landlords have started to sell because of those factors uh, and therefore there are less rental properties, there's less supply. Um, so rental price increases have gathered pace and I think they're going to continue. Um, I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. And with incomes increasing, uh, interest rates being relatively controlled, I think on the income, the cash flow side, we're in for a good period. Uh, I think on the capital side, clearly you never know when the next recession is going to be here. Uh, we're certainly in the second half of this cycle. I think this cycle probably started in about 2010. Um, so let's just say we're about eight years in. I think the last cycle probably lasted about 16, 17 years. And the, 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 the one previous to that was maybe about 10 years. Um, so. Who knows how long the, the, the growth is going to continue for. Um, but what I would say is if you're buying for income, you're buying defensively and you're buying properties that people are genuinely going to want to live in over the long term, um, you shouldn't be too concerned about what's going to happen to the capital values of your properties because the income, as long as it continues to come in and you can service the mortgages and you can live off the cash flow, that's what keeps you safe. And that is really what you should be focusing on as your, your primary objective when, when deciding what to buy, where to buy it, and when to buy it, which is clearly really important. The timing is always important in these sort of economic cycles and, and interest rate cycles and growth cycles. So I hope you've gleaned value from that and hopefully it will give you some ideas uh, about how you're going to manage your purchases and manage your existing portfolio. That's been Mark Homer for Progressive Property. Thank you for listening to the Mark My Words podcast. Please subscribe for more content if you'd like to continue listening. Thank you and goodbye.